Ladies and gentlemen, QC Fantasy is back, or at least one-third of QC Fantasy. My name is Graham Rogers. Let's get right into our Week 4 preview. I'm going to talk through each of the games, players I like. Then we're also going to get into looking at DFS, the Millie Maker again. About a three weeks, we've gotten in positive. Uh, so looking to do that again here. Hope all of you have been listening and playing uh, some of the options we've had with some Jared Goff stacks that were positive. Trevor Lawrence against the Chargers last week. We will uh, we'll do it again this week. But first, let's start off by diving into these games. So first up, the London game in the morning. Vikings against the Saints. The Vikings are favored by three points over under at 41. Big news here is Andy Dalton is starting at quarterback. Going to be really interesting to watch how that distribution wide receivers. Now, I guess the interesting news is Michael Thomas has been ruled out. I believe Jarvis Landry is also projected to probably miss the game. So you're talking about Chris Olave being the guy. Obviously, they'll start working in Traquan Smith, Marquez Callaway, some of those guys a little bit more. Uh, may also be positive news if uh, Alvin Kamara is out there with Andy Dalton, somebody more likely to check the ball down than Amos Winston was, but definitely a smash spot for Chris Olave. It's really the one healthy option with Andy Dalton at quarterback, who also is not afraid to push the ball down. Big news on the other side, so Dalvin Cook's shoulder injury. He is going to you know, wear a brace uh, for that shoulder try to play through it. Uh, but obviously that means Alexander Madison is going to get some time not as much of a smash spot for Madison. Sook is going to be on the field, but if you have him, it may be worth plugging him in your lineup. He's going to get touches. He's going to get run. And if anything were to happen to Dalvin, where he re-aggravates this game, obviously the backfield would be 100% to Madison. And then I think everybody in the fantasy world is looking for a bounce back from Justin Jefferson after a couple of slow games. Adam Thielen got the touchdown last week. And, you know, another name out there for deeper leagues played well last week. EFS, maybe KJ Osborne. Uh, I know this game isn't on the main slate, unfortunately, but KJ Osborne, a uh, slot receiver there who has produced this year so far, especially with Jefferson having a couple of, of slower games the last couple of games. So, next up, first game on the main slate Browns at Falcons. Cleveland favored by one on the road. Over under is set at 47 and a half. Interesting game. Both of these offenses have been playing better than expected uh, under new quarterbacks. So obviously big news with the Browns is watch, you know, the Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. But so how is that going to go? Are they going to be winning where Chubb is going to be getting all of the carries and really most of the workload? Or if they are trailing, is Kareem Hunt going to be in the game getting catches out of the backfield? The two kind of Number one guys, it looks like from the last game, were Amari Cooper and David Njoku. We know that Harrison Bryant is still a factor in at the tight end position. And then are they able to find someone else at wide receiver to step up, whether it's Donovan Peoples-Jones, who had the big week one, or is it going to be the rookie David Bell, who's starting to get more snaps? Uh, I think if you have players in this game, obviously Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt playing, definitely playing Amari Cooper. And David Njoku is going to start getting more and more. We saw him have a good game uh, with enough targets, more than he was seeing earlier in the year. So I think he's probably a safe start as well. 
And on the flip side with the Falcons, you know, Marcus Mariota really honing in on Drake London, which has been productive. And London has looked good, started to look Pitt's way, Kyle Pitts, a little bit more last game. A lot of people hoping that continues. Keep an eye on Cordero Patterson. Uh, had a cup was up a little bit this past week, was questionable coming in. Looks like he's going to play, but will be interesting to see if they give him the full volume. They really have a big-time game last week. And if he is unable to go or re-aggravate something, you know, is Tyler Algier in line get the majority of those carries in the backfield, or will it be you know, Avery Williams, who also is a big special teams for the Falcons? Uh, I think in this for Falcons, fire up Mariota, London. You have to play Pitts. Um, and then if you have Cordero, I think at this point, with what he's done, of a must start. Next game up, Washington Commanders at the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas favored by three at home over under set at 41 and a half. Dallas's defense looked pretty good last week. Obviously, they were playing Daniel Jones and the Giants, so they have factored into it. But, you know, what can Carson Wentz and three Commanders wide receivers do against this defense? We got Terry McLaurin. We got Curtis Samuel, the rookie Jahan Dotson as well, all of which have been producing outside of the one game against the Eagles who have a top flight defense. So I think Antonio Gibson could be a pretty good play this week. Cowboys defense gave up a lot of fantasy points to Saquon Barkley. Antonio Gibson is not Saquon Barkley, but he is athletic enough to break long runs. And we saw one of those out of Saquon Barkley that ended up in a touchdown. So I don't mind Antonio Gibson. And then it's going to come down to, does this game go the right way for the Cowboys and they can run the ball well with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard or they get down is Cooper Rush having to bring them back at which point I would rather have Tony Pollard on my team uh, Michael Gallup expected to be back so that could definitely help the offense uh, you know how will that affect Noah Brown if you've been playing Noah Brown in a flex spot he's been doing a serviceable job or if you've been having him in DFS he's paying off for what his cost is uh, C.D. Lamb looked like an actual alpha last week, so obviously you're playing him. You know, I, I think this game is probably going to go over that 41 and a half. I think I have a little bit more faith in what I've seen from Carson Wentz and, and Washington offense so far this year. There's just so much talent with those three wide receivers, Antonio Gibson in the backfield, even J.D. McKissick when they get down has had double-digit points without a touchdown uh, just with his receptions that he's had. So. I wouldn't mind playing any of the guys this game from Washington or from Dallas. Um, I guess division games could be a little bit more low scoring than typical, but I uh, I don't I don't mind players in this game. You know, players in a game that I don't mind. Another one that may not sound like it, but Seahawks at Lions. Lions are favored by three and a half at home over under set at forty eight. Um, you know, no DeAndre Swift, so. Jamal Williams, is he going to be the guy? I'm thinking he's probably going to split with Craig Reynolds if you want the cheaper option, especially in DFS. You never know which way that split is going to go, especially once they get in the red zone. I know Jamal Williams has got those carries this year. Craig Reynolds stepped in last year and had those as well. And also, is Craig Reynolds going to be pass-catching back, which obviously we've seen DeAndre Swift be able to score uh, out of that role without even scoring touchdowns. Um, Having having decent fantasy performances, and then also at wide receiver, no Amon Ross, St. Brown. So, are they going to lead lean on T.J. Hawkinson? Are they going to look at you know D.J. Chark or Josh Reynolds stepping up as wide receivers? Uh, a couple other guys there are going to fill into the slot 
or Amon Ra, but those would be the two guys I would look at. And then on the other side, Geno Smith has been, so far this year, the most accurate quarterback in the NFL as far as completion percentage. Um, and then the two wide receivers, obviously, that could benefit from that are Geno and, I mean, sorry, Tyler Lockett and D. Metcalf. Um, not really interested in tight end if you want to take a shot on one of them, whether it's Will Disley, Kobe Parkinson. Those are the two guys with uh, Noah Fant is there, but he doesn't seem to be getting high-value targets from Geno, so I'd probably avoid him. But there's options in this game as well. Um, 48 over under is probably a little high without all the talent on the offense. But, um, you know, the Hawks defense is really bad and the Lions defense hasn't really been able to stop anybody. Either. So um, another game that looks like Vegas projects to be pretty high. Next up, Titans Colts Indy favored at home by three and a half over under is 43. Saw a big week from Derrick Henry for the Titans last week. And, and he has to have those. They don't have the pass catch outscore people otherwise. The really big news from last week was Eric Henry getting targets out of the backfield. They were really just trying to get the ball in his hands where he could make open field. Did that. Robert Woods had a pretty good day as well. Um Elon Burks actually snap he's played all year, uh, but had the least number of fantasy points. So that was interesting to see. I had him in a in a couple of lineups that he was progressively getting on the field more and more for their uh for running more routes being on the field more often and together and on the Colts side you know Jonathan Taylor we talked about him in the recap show somewhat of a disappointment but still sitting at rack 10 in full PPR leagues and you know is this going to be the game that he's able to break out Michael Pittman came back from injury last week which was also good news for Indy and then been asking it all year you know who is wide receiver two going to be there is it going to be Harris Campbell is it going to be the rookie Alec Pierce you guys know I love Ashton Doolin uh, and then we saw the rookie Jelani Woods with two touchdown receptions last week instead of Kylan Granson who I called uh, but also instead of Mo Ali Cox who was the projected starter coming into the year so in this one you obviously start JT Derrick Henry Michael Pittman not in love with either of the qu- quarterbacks um, I'd probably. I think they're about a push on which one you would want. Uh, and then not sure I want any of the pass catchers in Tennessee. If you want to take a shot on Traylon Burks thinking breakout game, feel free. Um, I am not going to be doing that. It's a gross game up next. So we got the Bears at Giants. Giants favored by three at home over under set at a lowly 39 and a half. Um, obviously, the big storyline here is Khalil Herbert being the starting running back for the Bears. Definitely going to be chalk in DFS, which means I will not have any Khalil Herbert in DFS. Um, you know, and we'll see if they're going to be throwing the ball more often or if they're just going to turn around and let Khalil Herbert carry the ball 25, 30 times. I don't think they will. We saw Tristan Ebner last game, the rookie undrafted, get seven carries uh, to Khalil Herbert's 20 that he had, I believe. So if that happens, then of course, Khalil Herbert's ceiling comes down. And, you know, maybe they'll let Justin Fields throw the ball a little bit more. Speaking of throwing the ball, probably something that the Giants will not be doing much of. Sterling Shepard now out for the year. Wondell Robinson and Kadarius Toney still not back from injury. Who knows where Kenny Galladay is? He just wants to be on a beach, it seems like. So, you know, fire up Richie James and David Sills in New York. Um, I think Richie James is the name. Well, no more. He's had a big game recently. 
Man, David Sills has been running all of the routes. If you need a really cheap option in DFS that could get volume in this game, David Sills is one of them. And then obviously the Giants are just going to lean on Saquon. This could be a really fast-moving game if the Bears and Giants just run the ball with their two best players, Khalil Herbert and then Saquon on the other side. Um, really, only shots I'm going to take here is probably in that David Sills range if I just need to squeeze in someone cheap that can get volume. Not overly interested uh, in anything else here. Maybe the defenses, if if you need that for DF, that'd be a pretty good game based off of its 39. Jaguars at Eagles. Philly favored by six and a half over under 45 and a half. Obviously, Jaguars were the darlings last week beating the Chargers. You know, Jalen Hurts plus A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, whichever you choose, seems to be working out this year on top of Jalen Hurts' rushing ability. Um, still waiting on a big Dallas Goddard game. He's still obviously performing a top-end tight end, but he's going to have one of these big games that we saw Devontae Smith, Smith have last week, A.J. Brown have earlier in the year. So I will have Dallas Goddard in a number of lineups this week. Uh, just getting him fired up here. This is definitely Miles Sanders' backfield. I don't think there's much of a point anymore after these first three weeks. The trends we're seeing to try to play Kenneth Gainwell or Boston Scott. I know they both had touchdowns in one, but so did Miles Sanders, um, who did not have one last year in the red zone. So uh, take it for what it is, but Miles Sanders is the guy in this backfield. And then, you know, can the Jaguars' offense perform against this defense? We've seen this defense just give offenses fits, especially when it comes fantasy points can Trevor Lawrence move the ball down the field with Christian Kirk with Zay Jones with Marvin Jones obviously James Robinson has been a revelation once again in his career this year and then of course for me I want to see Travis Etienne get more involved especially if they get down in this game this is kind of the game where I'm waiting for the Jaguars to get down I feel like we've been saying it for three weeks now and they just haven't been down like that where they have needed to use Etienne as a pass catcher out of the backfield that's Steelers next game up. So Pittsburgh favored by three and a half over under at 41. And a half. Uh, Zach Wilson is the starter in New York. So he is back from his injury. You know, very interesting to see how that affects you know, Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis, uh, even Braxton Berrios. Um, you know, who is he going to favor? We saw Joe Flacco getting the ball to Garrett Wilson more than Elijah Moore, but Elijah Moore and Zach Wilson had a lot of rapport last year when they were playing together. So that's that's going to be something to watch out for. And then is Zach Wilson less likely to dump the ball off to the running backs? Comes to Reese Hall and Go Carter. Joe Flacco, a little bit of a statue back there. Zach Wilson probably more likely to force the ball down the field. I don't know if that's definitely going to happen, but I think. There's a pretty strong possibility that it could, which would, of course, take the ceiling off for Brees Hall, for Michael Carter, especially FS. At least for this week, I don't know how effective Zach Wilson will be. But then again, this offense only scored 12 points last week. We'll see how they do against Pittsburgh. And then when it comes to Pittsburgh, you know, after played Najee Harris, he's just getting the volume, whether he's performing well or not, or up to where you drafted him. Um, and then Pittsburgh wide receiver splits are going to be to watch this game. Deontay Johnson had a big game last week. We saw George Pickens with a big catch. Claypool has been producing probably a little bit more than people expected and also more than people so far this year. And then I think there's there's still a chance that Pat Fryer Muse, similar to Dallas Goddard, I don't 
think as good at that level of water, but he hasn't had the really big game yet. Um, and this could be a place that it happens going up against the Jets. Um, I, I don't mind at all as long as the weather holds with the storms coming through. Uh, I don't mind playing a number of pieces in this game. Yes, whether it's you know Elijah Moore, Friar Muth, don't mind Chase Claypool this week either. Uh, definitely going to have to keep an eye on the weather as we lead up to kickoff on Sunday. Darling game of this week for sure. Bills at Ravens. Buffalo favored by three on the road. This is the one game over under set at 51. So we know the top QBs, Josh Allen, R. Jackson, they've been guys through weeks one through three. Um, and you're obviously going to want to play them. Now, the interesting thing is what wide receivers are you going to see? Um, if the ball gets spread all over the place, obviously it may not be the best to have these guys stacked. Uh, I, I'm really not, I don't think I would double stack Lamar. Uh, if you do, you know, you're taking shot on everything has to go to Andrews, everything has to Bateman, uh, or you could do Bateman, Duvernay, Andrews, Duvernay. But you have to remember that Lamar is probably going to take some scores and yardage off with his legs. So you may want to pivot with only one stack and or other players to go along with him. Uh, Josh Allen is kind of the same way. And take the digs. Uh, Gabe Davis, it does look like, is going to play. He's questionable leading in, but everything point playing. Isaiah McKenzie had a big week last week. We haven't seen a, a big Dawson Knox week again as far as getting touchdowns where you really get that tight end busy off. And obviously we have seen the big plays, the big games for Mark Andrews' current tight end. Uh, so something to watch, something to think about. I'm probably just going to be single stacking both of these quarterbacks. And then, man, the, the backfields are uncertain. I mean, if we think this game's going to be really high scoring, it'd be intriguing to have pieces. Um, but, you know, do you take Singletary? Do you take J.K. Dobbins to just his second game back from his injury that he missed all year with? I'm not sure. I, I, I would want to have pieces, but I'm not sure which one I would want. Uh, and there's a chance that even if I like Singletary, that James Cook or Zach Moss are the ones that end up scoring the touchdowns, maybe Justice Hill in Baltimore. So a lot of there will be a lot of points, but there are also a lot of players that could score them. And so you're just – of it is going to be luck of picking the spots of who has the better matchup with the cornerbacks they're facing. Um, and also, hey, maybe it plays out right where I take AK Dobbins, the Ravens get up early and start running the ball a little bit, and the Bills are playing catch up. And I've backed Diggs and McKenzie with Josh Allen, and then you can really hit any Chargers at Texans next. Chargers favored by five and a half over under is 45. You know, really keeping an eye on Justin Herbert's health. Uh, he is going to play, but obviously their offense was a little disappointing this past week. Keenan Allen is ruled out again, which means if you have Mike Williams, Gerald Everett, Josh Palmer, I would definitely have them in my lineup. Um, all of those guys are going to get the targets. And are we going to get... In Austin Eckler get right game. You know, he had less carries last week in the loss than Sony Michelle. So that was just something I never thought I would see. He did pay off, obviously, with his pass catching work, which is the great part about a guy like Austin Eckler, maybe ACMC, guys that can rely on the pass catching, especially in full point PPR, to still get you there if they're not effective on the ground or in Eckler's case, just not getting the touches. Obviously, a guy you still have to start, um, and in a game where we expect the Chargers to win, uh, Eckler should be getting touches. He 
maybe a little chalky this week given the matchup. So I don't know how much of him I'm going to have. Then on the Texan side, you know, do you play a skinny stack and run back with Cooks or Nico Collins? I don't think I trust the tight ends, whether it's OJ Howard or Brevin Jordan. But if you really needed to get cheap in a position and you took a shot there, OJ Howard with a two touchdown game. Um, and then I'm going to be really intrigued to see if the Chargers do get up early. What do the splits look like between Damian Pierce and Rex Burkhead? Have Burkhead out there because they need to be in comeback mode and passing the ball more? Or is Damian Pierce turning into a true workhorse? Uh, and if he is, and he's getting more of the pass catching work than Rex Burkhead, then in every league that you are in, you should be trying to acquire Damian Pierce. Redraft, fantasy, or dynasty, whatever the case may be, he's a guy to go get. Next up, Cardinals at Panthers. Carolina favored by one. As a Carolina fan, I have no clue how. Um, you know, the Cardinals defense has not looked good. There are questions about uh, the Cardinals offense as well, especially with injuries. I just don't see this one happening. Over under set at 43 and a half. So waiting to hear if Rondell Moore is going to play. It looks like he's going to be a game time decision. AJ Green has been ruled out, obviously still without DeAndre Hopkins. If Rondell Moore does not play, of course, you play Greg Dortch again. Uh, um, and then Hollywood Brown, also questionable right now. Sounds like he's going to go. If he doesn't, if Rondell Moore does not, then no doubt you play uh, Greg Dortch. Uh, you have to play Zach Ertz as well in that situation. And there's a chance if the top two wide receivers, Hollywood and Rondell Moore, both don't play, it to especially in DFS and cheap option Andy Isabella um it would be a potential play I think Andre Bacellia is also a player that could get on the field in Carolina you know CMC sitting as the RB9 right now but has not has not been getting enough touches and I think a lot of that is how many plays the Panthers are actually running They're one of the slowest teams in the NFL right now so I don't even know if it's a part of percentages of the touches it's just this offense needs more you know, I think Baker Mayfield is going to have one of these games where he randomly will play really well and look like the guy everybody thought he might be in his career. When that happens, it's going to be wheels up for DJ Moore, CMC as well. Uh, we saw a LaVisca Chenault sighting last week. Uh, Robbie Anderson has had a long touchdown. Um, you know, just get to be seen if it will be this game. But I think if you have DJ Moore, you got to play him. Hope this it's this game. And of course, you're starting CMC. He's running back one. Patriots at Packers. Packers favored by nine and a half. Uh, over under of 40, Mac Jones is ruled out. So Brian Hoyer will be the starter. Um, Jacoby Myers also ruled out for England. So a wide receiver, you know, you've got Jacoby, I mean, sorry, you've got Brian Hoyer throwing the ball to Devontae Parker, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne. Um, just not something I want a lot of. Fired up Ramondre Stevenson last week, uh, which paid off pretty well. And they're going to be down. Brian Horrier is also a statue quarterback looking for dump-offs. If you have to play Stevenson, that's fine. But I think his uh, his price is probably rising uh, ownership as well. Green Bay running backs in this game I think are, are going to be pretty chalky. They're going to have the lead. i to hope you get the guy that has breaks the long run or scores the touchdown, whether it's Aaron or A.J. Dillon, whoever's touches, which honestly they've been splitting 50-50 in the rushing game. And then what pass catchers in Green Bay Mio Dubs game last week. Uh, Rodgers looked like he trusted him. Alan Lazard did get on the board with a touchdown option as well. Christian Watson at 
sound like is probably going to be able to play, but something monitor league off there again with where this over under is. And I don't think green Bay really need to throw the ball to win. Um, I'm probably staying away from those pass catchers, including Robert Tunyon. The Broncos are at the Raiders, Las Vegas favored by two and a half. Or under 45. You know, it's interesting because in the preseason, we would have been just all over this game and DFS and ready to start all of the guys in this on our redraft team. But with how these offenses, how these teams have been playing lately, not so much. Um, Melvin Gordon uh, has a little bit of a nagging injury, so Javante is probably going to have a little bit more this week. Um, I'm hoping so. I think Javante looks good. He looks explosive, carrying the ball over four yards per carry. Getting a lot of work in the passing game as well. If we see this split start skewing his direction like it has been, he's definitely somebody that you just you have to go get. And if you have him, be very happy and just ride with him. Portland um, Sutton, again, still kind of looking like the number one target in Denver, which for right now with Russell Wilson and how this offense is playing, not the best thing in the world, but a little bit better than those people that were drafting Judy around the Jerry Judy around the same area. Obviously, had and then on the Raiders side, Renfro missing again. So Waller and Adams projected to have a lot of ownership, uh, a lot of the target share. You know, Collins had the huge week last week. I think he was wide receiver two for the week. Not anticipating that happening. Um, so I think a lot of this is going to get filtered through Aaron Waller and Devontae Adams, hoping for enough points to be scored in this game. But man, the Broncos games have just been been ugly lately and the Raiders offense hasn't looked that great either that was the last game for the main slate again we'll look at DFS here after we run through these next games Chiefs at Buccaneers is a pick they are even uh, over under set at 45 and a half definitely watching the Chiefs wide receivers Juju has I'm hoping he's a buy low I'm hoping he has a payoff game I've got him in a number of different leagues um, really, the guys behind him, MVS, has gotten a number of targets, but hasn't really paid off with catches. Miko Hardman has been ho hum. I more can't catch punts. He must have two of them in the last game. I haven't really seen him running any routes or getting any targets. And of course, Travis Kelsey, you always play him. I don't think there's even a question. Um, that's that's the go to guy. Hopefully, Juju can step up, but number two or one B option. Uh, which he started to get more of the targets, more of the yards last week, but still has not paid off with a touchdown, which is why I think he could be a buy low, and I'm hoping he is a buy low. In Tampa, you know, which wide receivers are going to play is the big question. So Leo Jones um, and Mike Evans still looking questionable for the game. Russell Gage, of course, had a big week last week, which was big for all of us that have at him in best ball drafts. And then you start looking if Leo doesn't play, if Evans doesn't play, Looking at a Brashad Perriman, a Scotty Miller, a Cole Beasley, who they just picked up, but he got on the field last week with targets and some receptions. Um, I think Russell Gage is definitely the same play. If guys miss times, he showed it last week. I think he showed that in it well. And Tom Brady clearly trusts him, which will go a long way. And then still waiting for a big Leonard Fournette game. Um, I think definitely something to watch. My concern is if Fournette keeps getting all of these touches, all these carries, all these looks out of the backfield, and they're not working in Rashad White, there's more of a risk of injury with a guy that's starting to get a little bit older. Um, also concerns about how heavy he was coming in. 
um, makes you concerned about the chance of injury during the season. So if Rashad White is on a waiver wire and you're in a deep league, maybe worth going to pick him up just in case he becomes a Khalil Herbert or the Jeff Wilson or what we thought Alexander Madison was going to be being that number one waiver wire target uh, if something were to happen. Last game, Monday night, winning Super Bowl, Los Angeles Rams uh, at the San Francisco 49ers. So 49ers favored by one and a half at home. Over under, is it 42 and a half? Something I'm really interested in. I know a lot of other people looking at the uh, Cam Akers to Henderson split. It has been going more and more Akers way, especially out of the backfield. Um, I think it got up too close to 70% of the carries last week went to Cam Akers. Henderson did get more of the targets out of the backfield the last game, but the previous game, majority of them went to Cam Akers. Obviously, you're playing Cooper Cup. I think Higby, Tyler Higby, is now an automatic play if you have him. Obviously, depending on who your other tight end is. Um, and then also at wide receiver, you know, Allen Robinson and uh, Skoranek are options. Uh, we've seen Allen Robinson score a touchdown this year. Skoranek getting a lot of targets. Uh, I know it's kind of unconventional look in fantasy leagues and in DFS as well, but with him getting the targets over the middle of the field that he has, Hafford is looking his way. If you're going to be in this offense, that's worth something. Open it over to the San Francisco side. So again, Jimmy G's second start here in San Francisco with Trey Lance out for the rest of the year. Really looking to see how Kittle does in his second number of targets. Did not get in the end zone last game. Uh, Debo Samuel, of course, going to see is getting handled. Really is Jeff Wilson's. We know Debo's going to get carries, but I think Jordan may one carry. Uh, so Jeff Wilson is looking like El Cow. He was actually getting some targets out of the backfield, which of course is more likely with I like G than it was with Trey Lance. Uh, and Brand- Brandon Ayuk got in the end zone. So I was a little concerned about Ayuk once Trey Lance found more of his routes are deeper down the field as compared to say Kittle and Dino. I was worried that Jimmy G wouldn't push the ball down the field. Obviously his touchdown was in the red zone. Good to see that he is getting those targets. He's going to be an option in the red zone. So I wouldn't panic about Brandon Ayuk. I think talent wins out at the end of the day. Uh, the dude, the dude's talented. I don't think there's any question about that coming out of Arizona State a couple of years ago. So that is it for Sunday, Monday game starting in London and ending up in San Francisco on Monday night. So let's dive into the DFS slate. So I'll run through just some of the prices at the top for each position and then, you know, target what game we want to go after, what game we want to stack, or maybe there are a couple games we want to get pieces of skinny stack here. So Josh Allen at the top, 8,400, Lamar Jackson, 83, Jalen Hurts, 8,200. So those three are the top guys. Drops off down to 7,600 for Kyler Murray. Drops again to 7,100 for Justin Herbert. Russell Wilson at 700, Aaron Rodgers, 6,300, Carson, and then below 6,000, the quarterbacks go Jared Goff, Derek Carr, Trevor Lawrence, Marcus Mariota, Matt Ryan, and Obi Brissett, Ryan Tangle. All of those guys are 5,500 to about 5,500, so pretty comparable on price. Even cheaper are Geno Smith, Geno Jones, Cooper Rush, Justin Fields, if you need somebody that is 5,500 and under. Um, so looking at this, I'm, I'm, I 
am worried about the weather that's coming through the northeast. Um, you know, rain projected in Baltimore. We also got, I don't want Chicago at New York, rain there. Also a little concerned with Jacksonville at Philly and how many points are going to be scored. Looks like rain projected in that area as well. So I, I don't mind. You know, we look Cleveland and Atlanta. Again, I talked about Washington Dallas. Defenses are bad in the Seattle at Detroit matchup. Let's do a cheaper option. It worked out with me for me pretty well last week with Trevor Lawrence play being less expensive. So I'm going to go Jared Goff. Seattle's defense looked really bad. A wide receiver, you, know, you can look at a DJ Chark. DJ Hawkinson, obviously a really good target there. Um, I'm going to get a little bit different with this and a little cheaper if I can pay up in other areas. So I'm going to go Josh Reynolds. Uh, with On the other side of it, I am going to take Tyler Lockett. I know DK Metcalf looks a little bit better this year, scored more points, um, but Metcalf got the touchdown last week. Um, Okuda in Detroit also is a top-end down up against the likes of Terry McLaurin had a really good game. That was the game that Curtis Samuel and Jahan Dotson had big games. Um, I am going to go Lockett there. Right now, Jared Goff at 5,900. Tyler Lockett only 5,900. Josh Reynolds was only 4,600. So, as far as my base here, it's pretty inexpensive, but that gives me the option to go target some of these other games. I think that, you know, the Bills Ravens game is going to shoot out. I can go get a couple of pieces in. Game. I'm going to go fill in a defense really quickly here. Let's look at I don't mind the Bears defense against the Giants, only 2700, especially with what the weather is going to be like there. Dissipating, of course, Bears run the ball a lot less clock out there for the opposing offense to run plays. I'm going to go ahead and lock that in. And then when I start looking at, I do think I want pieces of the Bills-Ravens game, looking at who do I want to go get from that game. I think I am. I think the obvious one, of course, is going with Diggs. He's at the top for wide receivers at 8,400. Devontae Adams at 8,300. Big drop down to A.J. Brown at 7,400. Michael Pittman, 7,200. Mike Williams, 7,000. Marquise Brown, 6,900. DK Metcalf, 6,800. CD Lamb off his big game, 6,700. Another Buffalo wide receiver, Gabe Davis, 6,600, along with Christian Kirk, right behind them at 6,500. I am going to go ahead, since I saved money in other areas, I will go ahead and pay up for Stephon Diggs here. I'm down. Mark Andrews is the most expensive tight end at 71. Drop down. Darren Waller at 5,600. Obviously, Travis Kelsey not on the main slate. Kyle Pitts at 5,000. Pitts at 5,000 might be a decent play against Cleveland, especially with them getting more looks. I could potentially pivot to Rashad Bateman in that spot in Baltimore rather than going with Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews has the ceiling there, but Kyle Pitts, of course, has a really high ceiling as well. I do like Dallas Goddard, but not sure about weather there. Don't have to worry about the weather in Atlanta in a dome. 
against Cleveland. I'm going to go Kyle Pitts so that I get a piece of that Buffalo game on the Baltimore side. I'm going to go Rashad Bateman. A little bit quieter last week, so expecting a bounce back here. But then what I'm looking at here is my two running back slots open at $5,950 to spend on each. A reference on pricing. Jonathan Taylor, 8,800. Christian McCaffrey, 8,700. Eric Henry, 8,300. Saquon Barkley, 8,000. Nick Chubb, the current running back one at 7,900. Austin Eckler, 77. Aaron Jones, 7,500. And then drop down below 7,000 when you get to Najee Harris at 6,700. Again, at 5,950, I don't think I'm going to be paying up for the top end guys. Start looking down with what I have to budget, 59.50 per player. I'd say I like Javante Williams this week. That could be a look 6,600, which means I'd have to be a little less expensive. Uh, the chalky running back Jamal Williams is priced at 600, so pretty good price there. Russell Elliott, Kareem Hunt at 6,000, Tony Pollard, Antonio Gibson, Miles Sanders, AJ Dillon, all at 6,000. Are getting into some of the lower range. Devin Singletary, 59. Melvin Gordon, 5,800. Khalil Herbert, the other chalky back here, 5,700. Travis Etienne saves me 5,400. Brees Hall at 5,400. I know I'm Zach Wilson there. Andre Stevenson actually down at 5,200. If you think Washington gets behind, Eddie McKissick at 5,100 against the Dallas defense. Rex Burkhead again, if they turn to him in the passing all the way down at 4,900. I really don't want to keep going back to the well of Travis E.T. He'd like, okay, I'm just worried what that price is. So then I've got 5,300 left to play with. Probably going to be too expensive for me. J.K. Dobbins, 53. Damian Harris, 53. Michael Carter, 52. Ramondre Stevenson, 52, who I did like. J.D. McKissick, Matt Breida, Zach Moss, Rashad Penny, Rex Burkhead. Starts to get pretty thin pretty quickly here. Big pivot could be Greg Reynolds at 4,700, but I've already got Josh Reynolds, Jared Goff in the game. Naheem Hines down at 4,700. I pivot away from eight minutes. Getting Bateman out, which means I won't have a run back in that Baltimore game with Von Diggs. Let's hope Lamar Jackson runs for three of the touchdowns. I did plug in uh, Chase Claypool. He's not had a big game. Bigger body wide receiver. Is whether Pittsburgh with a New York Giants, New York Jets defense, just terrible. Um, I'm going to go there with, I think we have the multiple touchdown game. And a lot of things go to Deontay Johnson so far this year. Uh, I know I talked about Pat Fryermuth being a bigger target, especially with the weather. I pivot to Chase Claypool, which gives me 6,200 to spend on my second, which gets me up into the Ezekiel Elliott, Jamal Williams. Current Tony Pollard area. I really think I like Antonio 
Gibson a little bit more than Elliott and Pollard splitting carries. I don't think his ownership's going to be that high against the Dallas defense. Williams is going to be very chalky. So I'm going to pivot there. I could go Singletary, but I've got Diggs in that game. I'm going to go Antonio Gibson here. About $200 left of salary, which isn't isn't too bad. Don't need to use all of it. So quarterback Jared Goff, running back Antonio Gibson and Javante Williams paid up for Stephon Diggs, Tyler Lockett at wide receiver two, Josh Reynolds again stacked with Jared Goff without Amon Ross St. Brown. Had a big game last week. Wouldn't fault anybody for going DJ Chark there instead of Reynolds. Um, Kyle Pitts at tight end up against Cleveland did pivot to Chase Claypool, man down at 4,700 and him you get catches and potentially a touchdown this week. Bad Jets defense finally rounded it out with the Bears defense up against the New York Giants without any wide receivers. I mean, Richie James, David Sills are going to wide receiver ones there. Got to lock in the Bears. Going to submit that lineup. All right, we are in maker with that lineup and just a look at some of the games there some of the players how to stack uh, again not getting overly heavy on that seattle and detroit game not confident it's going to be a 50 plus point game but i just need you know a quarterback and one wide receiver together to pay off there and then one wide receiver on the other end uh, to really score a touchdown on of five six catches to pay off with tyler lockett that's it for today. Wish everyone the best of luck. Hope this helped with setting lineups, setting DFS lineups, and out positive. That's it for now. We'll see you after football in week four.